0: This is Nursing in America. Each week we speak with incredible Filipino nurses who have taken the leap to start a new life in the United States. If you're thinking about doing the same, then this is the place you'll find all the insider knowledge and inspirational success stories to realize your own American dream. This is the second part of a two-part episode, so make sure you go back and listen to part one first.
1: The way we function here clinically, um, we are guided by algorithms and protocols. So there are things that we don't have to ask the doctors what to do, such as what he mentioned, like if they have low electrolytes, we can just follow electrolyte protocols. If we suspect that they have infection, we just follow sepsis protocol. If if they're like this or like that, we just have to follow protocol. We have Tons and tons of protocols to follow. So that is also like my, um, my um, advice to nurses when you come here. Um, so that's one of the, you know, p- clinical difference that I could see. We function here most of the time based on, on algorithms or protocols. And there's a ton of protocol. There's tons of protocols that you need to remember. And but don't worry, it's 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 in your Epic. You are also given things, um, pa- pamphlets or um, notebooks for you to be able to remember them. On a nursing side, um, what really um, surprised me as well in here in the US is the amount of accountability and responsibility that, that they give you. Um, you know, this is in relation to what CJ said. In the Philippines, we have a very, very bad ratio of nursing to patients. Like one is to 50. I've experienced that myself when I was in the pediatrics department. I, have, I am the only nurse with 80 patients.
2: Oh, my gosh. And
1: sometimes there are like two nurses for 80 wow. patients. My job is to charge. I have to document everything. The other nurse's job is just to medicate. So we're always using functional nursing. But here in the States, no, you are, if you're, if you're bedside and, you know, like med surge medical ICU, you only, you on, you're only responsible for like one to five patients. So I guess by that standpoint, I see the reason why they put more responsibility and accountability, which is, you know, we know for a fact that accountability is always commensurate to us, Um it's because we are only taking care of, you know, um, limited patients. and But the advantage of that is we get to assess our patient thoroughly. And like CJ said, you know, here in the States, it's the other way around. In the Philippines, doctors know their cases really well. I mean, their patients. Here in the States, they expect, doctors expect you to know what the case or what the patients, uh, you know, what are the complaints of your patients. So they would ask. usually ask you, like one time there was a rapid, there was a distress call and like, I was just really like surprised and like standing, you know, near the wall because he asked me, what's the admission diagnosis? What's the history? Is he CHF? Does he, when was the last EKG? I was just like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't have the So I have a panic. <laughs> I, I, it's like, you know, I was stunned, you know, like, oh, oh my God, why? is he asking me all of these things it's because you know here they they have a notion that when you're the primary nurse you know about your patients so i mean probably not everything but you need to know their allergies when was the last time they did this when was the last time they did that this procedure and it sometimes would depend on which doctor or practitioner you will encounter like I have this specific nurse practitioner who will always ask me, Darius, when is the last echo of your patient? So whenever I call him or page him, I would usually look into the chart first, you know, and check <laughs> one of these things. And we follow SBAR because if you don't do SBAR, you will get a leper. And it's oh, not God. a nice leper. <laughs> you know that, easy, right? <laughs> when we try to raise concerns, we have to follow SBAR. Um, we have like what you said, you need you need to have that um, ARC, uh, we follow ARC, it's 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 an it's an acronym for a questioning attitude, clarifying questions, you know, and you need to ask whenever you don't know. Because you you, you cannot know everything, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, when you even though you are 20 years nurse in the Philippines, even though you're considered the Florence knight in gale of the Philippines. <laughs> For the Anastasia Giron or whatever they <laughs> welcome. Once you arrive here in the US, you will be as novice as everybody, mm-hmm, yeah. Because uh, of the protocols, you know, even like looking for their IV pumps and IV lines, it will drive you crazy because like, they have different storage rooms, you know, and different yeah. codes. But like CJ said, you know, it's 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 different. Um, um, you know just a brief summary in, uh, in terms of accountability, responsibility, um, aggressiveness of, of treatment the way the way doctors treat us here is we are more of their collaborative partners, right CJ Mamji yeah definitely they, they look at us as equal. I'm not saying that we are being looked down in the Philippines, but the way our structure in the Philippines is is that doctors are more superior than nurses but here it's not the case. Yeah. They look at you. Equally, equally educated, equally non- knowledgeable, and equally responsible.
2: Yeah, that's all. that is correct. <laughs> that's really uh,
3: Yeah, I, I think that's great advice for everybody to bear in mind because I think there are so many differences, and sometimes it's the little things all together that are, can be so stressful. So if right. you know ahead of time, and that's why we do the LaFora talk show. If you know ahead of time that that's what the expectation is, you can kind of get your mind around it and right. the vision is not as bad. And, Jean or Darius or Daria, so CJ, is there anything that you think that a nurse, if if, if you were talking to, when well, you are talking to thousands of nurses all over the world, but if you speaking now to a nurse who's in the Philippines, who's in the UAE, who's in the UK or Canada, wherever they are right now in the world, and they say, okay, well, that's interesting for me to hear how I'm going to have to think and how I'm going to operate as a nurse. Is there anything that a nurse could do while they're waiting that you wish that you had done from a clinical perspective. Let's start with Mum Jean. <laughs> um,
4: Jean. <laughs> See theoretically all the things that we do here are like uh like book based or yeah something like that. So if you come here in the in the US you have to be an open you have to be an open-minded you need to like learn everything like by the book so like those protocols like the heparin drip Mm -hmm. all those things i think they are based on the books so you have to take time to study not really everything but at least know something about it and when you come here then you have probably all the knowledge that you you need to have to To be able to perform well on the floor.
3: Mm Hmm. Okay. Great advice, Darius CJ. Do you anything to add to that?
1: I just want to reinforce what Mom Jean said. Um, So she was just trying to say that what we do here is is book based, and and uh, I think the the um, um, how do we put this? It's evidence based, Mom Jean, because it's published. Mm -hmm. So we. Our practices here change from time to time, based on evidences. So just like, for example, even though when when I was an educator before, I thought like, oh, I I I I maybe know this, I, I know this. But you know, when I took to read this book, it makes me feel like, oh, I'm, I think I'm dumb. You know, I don't know this, I don't know this stuff. So it's like you always have what you read in textbooks. The diseases that you read in textbooks, the meds that you could read in textbooks, you will encounter them here in the states. You know, like the Kahn's disease, we don't we don't encounter that in the in the Philippines. We don't encounter malignant melanomas, etc. Cetera, etc. A cetera, small protocol, but here whatever you read in your textbooks, you will encounter that here in the states. So just like Mom Jean, uh, Mom Jean's advice: read in advance um prepare yourself mentally physically emotionally and spiritually so if you are waiting right now for a priority date for for an approval of your nvc for your ds260 to be done for your visa screen to be approved i suggest that you do meaningful things and one of these uh, one of those things is to really study and read you know and and try to understand um cultural, uh, differences here in the States. Like, you know what, you have to deal with Spanish people. You have to deal with Amish. You have to deal with lots and lots of, of, uh, you know, people. So you try to read about them so that you can, it's easier for you to acclimate. Um, and, um, before you go here in the States, you know, um, this is what I have always been telling my friends and my students, And before you go here in the States, make sure that you spend time with your family and your loved ones before going here, you know, and and enjoy. Because those are the things that I wasn't able to do, Tanya and Mom Jean and CJ. When I went here, I was still working two days prior to my priority date. My families did not know that I was leaving <laughs> only few few good friends knew that I was migrating. So when my dad saw my picture in O'Hare airport <laughs> I got a nasty message. <laughs> I, yes, I did not tell them. I did not tell my sister I did not the, the only family member who knew that I was flying to the states is my is my aunt or, you know uh, the daughter of my um, my aunt and my grandmother you know, who is related. So there were only the two people who knew that I was going to the States and some, some very, very close friends. I did not even tell my previous employer until like a week before, you know, my departure. And they were just like, oh, what are you going uh, to, I mean, who's going to take care of this stuff and all And I said, no, nah, I don't know. I'm just, I just really just, I am ready to go, you know. Uh, don't do that. Um, if if you are leaving and if you're still currently employed, please tell your employers ahead of time. Uh, be decent enough to tell them, 30 days or 60 days before, let them find a replacement for you. Because, you know, uh finding someone to replace your responsibility is hard. But I did all of those things and I am not proud of it, Miss Tanya and Miss Jean, you know, because I just left like, you know, uh, I'm gonna leave. <laughs> Bye-bye. You know, I just did like that. <laughs> Right. Like everybody was surprised. And like, and then when I posted that picture, I received like tons of messages and even comments on the Facebook. Oh, Why did you tell us? How could you do this to me? How could you do that to me and all and etc. And you know, and it's, it's just, you know, at that time, I could not, I, I don't have the 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 time and and uh, the any means availability to tell everybody that I'm leaving because you know I don't want to jinx my departure. <laughs> I don't want I don't want people crying. I don't want everybody like crying in the airport. You know uh, I just I'm just like used like I just tell you where when I'm there if I'm already there. You know. <laughs> yes.
3: Well, thank you for being honest, Darius, because right. I think that that's you know it's really important for us in this forum to be honest and authentic and real, and I really appreciate. I think everybody appreciates you you saying that. Um, family is important, and just you know to make sure that you you do that before you leave. Right. That that wasn't nice. I I I,
1: I got an I got one of the nastiest messages from my sister. <laughs> She's just, she just wants like to cut ties after I did that. You know.
0: What but I just
1: had texting to her like, you know, sis, I I have to do this, and you know that I'm doing this not for myself. You you know you know Filipinos, Tanya, Mom, Jean, mm-hmm. and CJ can relate. We go here not for ourselves. We go here because we are we 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 are currently supporting other people, our family members, and if not, we will be. We are planning to support somebody in the future, which are related to us or close mm-hmm. to us. So we are not here for ourselves. We are here to represent. A lot of people.
3: <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, absolutely. It, CJ, what are your thoughts on what Darius has just shared?
2: Uh, so, my thoughts on that in the nursing for those nurses who are still waiting to be here in the Philippines, especially those nurses who just recently passed the NCLEX. So, first, uh, had a strong bedside experience because, you know, your skills and knowledge are. You need that when you go here in the bedside. You have to, to have the skills, the proper skills. So bedside experience for me is the topmost priority it, before coming here into the U.S. because, you know, people, you'll be working a different country. So you, don't, you must have the proper skills. So that's one of the best thing I can say that is really needed. And another thing is for those nurses who just pass the NCLEX and, so my advice is that, you know, I would admit that I was I, in the process. I got really excited because as early I told you that I don't really know the process. The only agency that I know that have nurses going here in the States is I only want, know one agency. So my mistake is that I got so excited. I signed up for the agency that I know immediately. And here comes a new Lyfora. I, I learned so many things in LeFora. I was <laughs> able to know this. Direct hire nursing, so there, there, well, there's so many advantage of that. So there are staffing agencies that you will be directly employed to that agency versus direct hire nursing. So if I would be given a chance, so I would choose direct hire nursing for me because you know you will be directly employed to the hospital, the hospital. There's so many differences of that and advantages. So other thing is that my advice to those nurses because, you know, uh, when you shop for agencies, I was telling this, I was thinking about this, this is my greatest mistake. I didn't really shop for, like, look for so many agencies. I was so excited to admit. So you have to submit your resume to different agencies and, you know, US needs so many nurses right now. So you have to, you want yourself to be the best position. So. Apply so to so many agencies. Check their profile, check their contracts, and be sure to sign up the right agency, the best agency. Because you know, some for example, this agency A over like you have to have three thousand hours to complete your contract. Mm-hmm. So, however, this agency B, you can. It's all the same, three thousand hours. But the difference is the other agency can like if you do overtime, you can finish your contract in a. In a small amount of time. Some agencies offer that, but some, most of the agencies, I think, is like just offering those, like your overtime hours will not be counted to regular hours. So the nurses are very disadvantaged with that. So be careful to, because, you know, nurses, be careful with that. So choose the right agency and review the contract, especially like those bridge contracts. So always look into your contracts, you know. And always be choose the best agency. as, as I can advise to you guys.
1: Huh. Tanya, I also but just want to add um, with CJs. Um, one of the things that I also want to like um, always instill with my previous students and you know nurses and uh, aspiring to become nurses in the US is you uh, as much as possible where you're still waiting practice 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 your communication skills. It's really really important, you know, because you will be communicating with different types of people from different countries, like you have African doctors, you have Indian doctors, you have, um, you know, I I could not, I could not really say how many, you know, like from different countries. And, you know, sometimes the way you communicate with people, it's, it's, it's an influence, you know, to your patients and to your to your co-workers so you know you don't have to have like perfect English you don't have to have IELTS 9.0 <laughs> some people are just so, so getting 999 I only reviewed my IELTS for a week then I just took it and I said god it's up to you <laughs> so when, when when the evaluator said okay when when they gave me an eight for the speaking I was so happy about it you know I I well you I can't just wanted, be happy
3: about that Darius uh,
1: you know <laughs> it's great you, you know I'm 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 just just you don't have to be perfect in in how you pruna- pronounce words and all, and don't get offended when people will try to correct you. Be like Mom Jean said. Be an open, be an open book. You know, be open for corrections because you know these people are not are not trying to demean you or trying to discriminate you. They just want the best for you. And sometimes when even with people would sound like. Uh, um, what demeaning or somehow discriminating in a subtle way, just just don't take it like too much, you know. Just just transform it into something that would inspire you to be better as a nurse. I mean, I have patients are different, you know, especially when you deal with dementic patients. You will hear all not the nicest words in the world when you deal with them, especially with size <laughs> issues. So prepare yourself to hear those words. Um, never in my life. You know, I have heard like at the F word being told in front of my face, but here almost every day, <laughs> like, you know, wow. when you deal with, but I'm not dealing with oriented patients. I'm dealing because I'm, I'm in a, in a GI floor and I'm, I'm, I'm working now in a hospice. So, and then, you know, and th- these patients are confused trying to get out of bed. And you will always have to call security like almost every hour, you know, just to confront this patient. So be prepared um, before going here. Mentally, you have to be strong. And um, relating to being strong, you will be alone here. It's not like in the Philippines where you can just text all your Berks and your friends like, hey, I'm sad. I want to drink. That's not going to happen here. So try, try practicing like, you know, like, picturing yourself like you live alone. But of course, don't don't close yourself from making new friends. Um, It wasn't hard for me to make friends. I have American friends here. I've met a lot of great American friends here. And of course, I have like some Filipino friends that I did not expect to be, of course, uh, very, very close to me. So, and... Um, one last thing. Before you go here, if you have like unsettled transactions, responsibilities in the bank, you know, one of my biggest mistakes is to have properties in the Philippines. And, you know, I did not, I did not just think like, you know, um, transferring it to my name. So it, it gave me a headache. You know, I was here in the States. I'm thinking about all of those things. So whatever responsibilities you have in the Philippines right now or wherever you are, try to settle them before going here because that will give you peace of mind.
0: I hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. If you know a friend or colleague who would benefit from listening to this conversation, please let them know about the show. We want to help as many nurses as we can turn their dreams into a reality. If you're thinking about making the step to living and working as a nurse in the USA, we can help you. Head over to KineticsUSA.com to find out more. That's KineticsUSA.com.
3: Just a, a few things that I just wanted to uh, pick out that both CJ and Daria said, and um, one was, um, I think it was CJ who was speaking about the different agencies. There are many reputable agencies. So oh. whether they're on the staffing side or the direct hire side, there are many reputable companies um, and there are advantages and disadvantages either way. But I think the main message is really what CJ, I think what, what you were saying is that you've got to educate yourself. educate yourself about who the what the different options are what the benefits what the pros and cons of the different options are and read the contracts make sure to educate yourself so i just want to clarify that because i think that's important for everybody to hear and the other thing also is just talking about like the communication Mm -hmm. and i think many nurses um you know, they kind of focus on the aisles. It's just about the aisles, get through the aisles, and then that's it in terms of the communication. Right. And I just wanted to highlight what both CJ and Doris were saying, is it's more than that. It's communicating and 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 building your skills, not just your clinical skills, but also your communication skills for when you get here, because you're going to be dealing with different nationalities, Correct. different accents. Um, and it's not just about the IELTS. So, you know, I just, I just wanted to clarify that because I think that that's important for people to be aware of. Correct. Yeah. Okay. We are at an hour. <laughs> Time has flown, and I have so many more it, questions that yeah. I wanted to ask you. Sure. And, <laughs> Darius and CJ, Gene, any, any final words or anything in terms of culture shock? Any advice in terms of culture shock specifically? Because I think that's something that a lot of people struggle with, especially in that first year. It can really be, I don't forget who used the word, I think it was Darius who used the word roller coaster, but it really can be a roller coaster. Any final words in terms of culture shock and what to prepare for, how to prepare yourself? Darius. Sorry.
1: Um me um what was the first thing actually it's it's I wouldn't say that i'm i i was like like shocked you know, but somehow it 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 cost me i mean there are there are traditions here in the states like um that that um surprises me like. Um, like um, this is just an experience that I want to share. Like you know, in the Philippines, when you are the birthday celebrant, it's your job to treat everybody, right, Mam Jean and CJ. You, yeah. whoever invited you, whoever invited you, but since it's your birthday, it's your freaking job to treat all of them. <laughs> but here in the states, it's I um. It, it was it was it was another way. I mean, there's a gray area on how on how we treat celebrants here. Like, when you're the celebrant here, if for example, Miss Tanya has the birthday uh, is is the birthday celebrant, and I was the one who invited her, I should be responsible for treating her right or the friends will you know like um, share money to treat tanya but in the philippines it's not like that it's uh, it's like the tanya will always treat the us. other way around right no no matter what happens you know <laughs> it's it's your it's your job as a birthday celebrant and you know and in in occasions as well when when people invite you here like hey i'm going to invite you for a cake in my house or in my apartment so when you go there you only expect a cake don't expect a drink don't expect a wine don't expect a salad so sometimes you have to bring your own drink when you go there because you'll only be getting a cake and that surprised me you know but um as as time passes by i i get to realize that you know it's 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 cultural difference and then uh, there was also like another party that I went to. You know, I, I, I love going to parties of my friends. So I could get to know them and understand their culture. So they asked me to bring like a food, you know, like I, I, I remember I brought some salad. So after the party, of course, I just told them, well, I'll just leave the salad here. Because in the Philippines, we're just used to like, when you bring something, you, you leave it with the host. And I was just like surprised. Like some other guests, they were started. They were, you know, they were trying to bring back their food that they brought for the for the host. And, really? and I was like, "What is going <laughs> <That was> on?" <laughs> and and they were saying, "Like, Darius, are you sure you're not you don't want to bring back your food?" I said, "No, it's it's for you. Why would I try to bring?" To bring it home, I already gave it to you, you know. But it's 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 like I said, it's it's, cult, it's culture, and it's one of the difference here in 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 the Philippines, you know. Uh, but I think yeah. it's it's minor. Um, um, maybe majors also like you know, like um, like in the Philippines, it's it's September September right now, and you know we celebrate Christmas early, right, Miss Jean and CJ. Yeah. Like September, we start the Christmas songs and I was telling my friend, I want to start decorating my apartment with Christmas decors and all because it's September. And the first comment I got from him is, you know what, if you do that, you're crazy. People will think you're crazy because it's still going to be Halloween, there's going to be Thanksgiving and there's going to be Christmas. So you have to do, you have to do, you know, Halloween and Thanksgiving before doing your Christmas decors and all or else people will think you're crazy. So I think it's just one of the things that, you know, like shocked me. <laughs> as a as a new person or as a new as an alien here in the states. So, Nam <laughs> Jean, yung, what's your what's your experience?
4: Uh the F word. Don't get so offended. Don't get offended right away when you hear the right. F word because the other like other nationality or like Latino, they they say that F every day. is like part of their sentence. Right. So, yeah, just one of the things. That- you, you don't get offended right away
3: <laughs> okay and and i think sometimes it's also not so much um just the states but it could be like the area specifically that you're in because i'm just thinking darius when you're talking about like um people will take their food if they right. it's, food it's more a a thing that it could be more like Regional, southern. because I live huh? in California and I've never really seen that before. I think it's a Southern thing, Tanya. Maybe mm-hmm. it could right. be. So that, you know, that's the thing is, that's why we wanted to start the new segment of um, talking about the different regions because it, it might very well, I mean, I don't know that. So maybe that could be a regional thing that um, it's, you know, to learn mm-hmm. about that specific area. Right. CJ?
2: So one thing, the cultural difference that I noticed here, you know, I came here with a five-year-old son, so he needs to start school when we got here. So the one thing I notice is here is that the school here, the teachers here are making that your child to be independent in an early age. In the Philippines, you now, for example, in the Philippines, it's the first day of school of my son, so I can go with my son inside his classroom. But here in my state right now, so I remember the first day, so. The teachers told me that you're not allowed to enter the the room of your son. So for me, it was really shocking because, you know, then early age, they want your kids to be independent, independent immediately. So I think that's the best cultural differences that I encounter here.
3: Okay. And and it's interesting that you say that because I'm just thinking back to my kids. My kids are 28 and 24. And I remember the thing that was shocking to me, and I've actually forgotten this until you mentioned it, CJ, is that they also in the American culture, they get the kids to speak up in class. Like I came from South Africa. You weren't really like speaking up in class you weren't like taught to like stand up in front of the class and speak and and each person have their their say and kind of be on a platform which really is something that 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 builds confidence in kids mm-hmm. i we never experienced that in south africa so that for me was something that was kind of different and shocking Surprising, uh-huh. I would say more than shocking, but uh-huh. surprising on on the kids' side. So I think the culture is just very much about independence for the kids and confidence mm-hmm. for the kids. Cultural difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can I can I also add,
1: Tanya, Just like one, um, you know, um, shocking for me. You know, in the in way back in our country in the Philippines, Mom Jean and CJ. You know, when our parents get old, we we still take care of them, right? I mean, they stay home. Yeah. But here in the states, they they don't be surprised that you know kids sending their parents in a nursing home, in an assisted living facility. I mean, sometimes we we tend to sympathize more to the patient, and I would be I would sometimes ask myself, how could you do this to your mom, just like leave her here, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, how could you do this to your dad, just like mm-hmm. let him live alone in an assisted living facility, and he's gonna fall, and you know, you're not go you're not gonna even visit him. Because in our culture, like when, when a family member, especially our father, our, our mother or grandmother or grandfather, when they get sick, we usually take the responsibility to take care of them. And, and for the most part, unless they needed they needed like a, a care in the hospital, they usually just stay at home. So don't be surprised. Like it's 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 a it's a trend here. Like because many people are busy with their lives, with their personal lives, and they have their own families. Um, it's normal for people to send like elderlies, their loved ones, their mothers, their fathers in a nursing home, assisted living facility, or what have we. And and, and that's part of their culture. And that doesn't mean that they are being loved less. Or they are not being cared less because that's the reason they hire us. You know, we are very, very good <laughs> yeah. in in in, in taking care of other people. Like I I I hear that mostly with my patients, like, you know, you Filipino nurses are different when you care. They, they, they believe and they they think for most of the time that uh, when when they encounter a Filipino nurse, the care that's being provided is very, very genuine. And I'm, I'm really, really proud of that. And I could say that for the most of the time, I've never heard of somebody complain about, the, you know, how Filipino nurses care for their patients. So that is something that we need to be proud of.
3: A hundred percent, and I can tell you, I speak to hospitals and nursing homes and rehab facilities, surgery centers all over the U.S. every single day, and they all say the exact same thing, Darius. Exact same thing. Well, thank it's you, for very, you. Very, that. very special. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're loved by everybody.
0: Yes. <laughs>
3: yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Well, we this has been such a fun, it, it's in, informative. Just real, authentic discussion. I just want to thank Darius. I want to thank CJ. Thank Jean. Mm -hmm. Thank the rest of the LaFora admin team. And for everybody watching, we've had hundreds of people that have (laughs) been watching today. Thank you for everybody can i can i greet some of my students
1: you know sure. thank you so much who reposted my post you know to watch this segment and yeah. you know i i got a lot of messages and you know a friend of uh, a friend of mine in united kingdom who's also flying here in the states he said why are you having a talk show? Are you going to be a celebrity? (laughs) And Uh (laughs) And you know, I I just explained like you know, this is a a talk show for for Filipino nurses who are um, trying to get to the U.S. You know, to give them an idea what are they you know going to be facing. And I just want to say hi to my previous students. I could not mention all of you because there are thousands of them in the Philippines. Thank you, and I want to say hi to my family and friends. I hope you're okay there. It's you know, this this coronavirus has had made you know a lot of things really crazy but you know just keep the faith stay at home wash your hands and wear your mask right mom jean yeah but uh, like i'm talking i'm i'm you know i'm in a in a segment you know in a you
3: know, <laughs> <laughs> mom jean anything everybody uh, needs to stay safe keep well um, and for those of you who are who want to be like cj and darius and jean who are in the us r- Take the NCLEX. Now is your time. The Visa Bulletin has never been better in so many years. Now's the time to take your NCLEX. Take your IELTS. You're welcome to join the Kinetics. Swish free, free. IELTS support group it is there for you that we really just are trying to help so it's not just for kinetics nurses please make sure to join that and get that IELTS done so that we can hopefully host you as like Darius and CJ um, when you come on the LaFora talk show and you can can spread the word and give your advice and your encouragement and your inspiration. Right. Thank and you,
4: everybody. You know, I, you have one day to sign up with me, you know, what's my agent, agency? 10% <laughs> discount on step one and 10% on the next
3: remaining steps. You know, okay.
1: <laughs> huh. <laughs> oh, I,
3: I forgot to also mention we have. What is it, Gene? Three new segments that are coming in the LaFora talk show. So, we're going to be doing a new segment, which is going to be where we're going to be speaking to nurses, not just about their journey, but about the different states. Because mm-hmm. that seems to be a topic that really. Um, people are curious about and really want to know more about. So we're going to be talking about the different states. Where we talk about the um, the cost of living, we talk about um, the the weather in the different states, and what's what to do in the different states. You know what fun activities there are available. Um, so, so that is something that's coming. So please watch out for that, um, and tag your friends. We're going to be talking about um, the different states on the Lafora Talk Show. We also have another segment that's coming. where We're going to bring, be bringing in experts. So this is kind of interesting. We're going to be bringing in different people on different topics. So and. Um, Paul and James, who were on... Uh, well, Paul, obviously, as everybody knows, is also LaFora Admin. Um, and James is going to be the first ones who are going to be talking about why um, international nurses... And remember, it's not just Filipino nurses. International nurses don't have as high a rate of pass on the NCLEX exam. So that's the first expert panel that we're doing. And then we're going to be bringing in other experts like um, how to buy a car in the U.S., what is credit history... And, you know, just learning different topics uh, and bringing in various experts. So the LaFora Talk Show is growing and developing, and we're very excited to be able to help so many people all over the world.
0: If you enjoyed today's episode, then please help us by hitting the follow button on your podcast player and leaving us a review. If you're thinking about making the step to living and working as a nurse in the USA, we can help you. Head over to kineticsusa.com to find out more. That's kineticsusa.com. Tune in next time for more incredible conversations.